गुरुर्ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णु गुरुर्देव महेश्वर गुरु साक्षात पारब्रह्मा तस्मै श्री गुरवे नमः आई बाउ टू द डिवाइन इन माय गुरु टू द फॉर्म्स ऑफ गॉड दैट आर ऑल फॉर्म्स ऑफ माय गुरु आई बाउ टू गॉड इन यू you too are a form of god you just have to wake up to that knowledge because we are all equally one with him i would like to read today a uh, it's a very important point on the spiritual path it's actually first of all i've i've got two books to read from today one is <coughs> on the subject of renunciation the master said if you forsake if you forsake truly for god you will receive a hundredfold as jesus promised and as jesus said also persecution no one escapes persecution for god wants to be sure of his devotees one has to be willing to suffer opposition for choosing the spiritual path over the ways of the world now you know it's really a matter of uh, in order to find god i told you uh, a few episodes ago that uh, what we need to do is bring all our thoughts all our tendencies all our desires into one focus the amount of power that you have is enormous if you can just bring back those chickens from wandering around in the yard and put them all right there in the same same roost you if you can focus that energy persecution has no other purpose than to help you to learn to focus your attention because the world is always trying to prevent you according to its own lights and they all manage to cancel each other out there's really a delightful story that my guru tells in God is for everyone. I'd like to read it to you. It's it's uh, it's fun. There's a story about a peasant who set out from home accompanied by his young son to sell a donkey at a fair. Because he hoped to get the best possible price for the beast, he and the boy walked. The donkey meanwhile trotted merrily along, happy for a change to be without any burden to carry. They'd gone a little distance when they met another group coming the other way. One person in this group burst out laughing. Just look at that stalwart animal he cried trotting along while those two silly bumpkins trudged wearily at its side. Why don't they ride it? The peasant overheard this comment and thought, "Well, I suppose it does look a little strange." He climbed up onto the donkey's back accordingly. leaving his son to go on by foot some distance further they passed another group from which another from which a voice rose in outraged protest what arrogance it cried see that grand fellow seated proudly astride his donkey while his poor child goes limping along in the dust the peasant overheard this comment also and thought well i don't want people to think me arrogant Down he got therefore and placed his child on the donkey's back instead. They passed the third group. One person in it covered his mouth as if to show tact, though he was speaking quite loudly. 
enough to be heard outside the group. What a comedy he guffawed. See that little fellow in the glory of his youth, ensconced there like a king, while his poor old dad hobbles along, trying his best to keep up. Imagine the paucity of discipline in that household. Well, a peasant didn't know the meaning of the word paucity, but he got the general idea. Well, I don't want to be considered a nobody in my own home, he thought. Hastily, therefore, he clambered up behind his son. And so they continued, only the donkey going now by foot, or, more correctly, by hoof. They passed a fourth group. Suddenly there came a stifled, stifled cry of horror. Oh, what heartlessness! Such a heavy load on one poor creature's back. How can they be so unkind to their faithful servant? Yes, their friend. Ah, oh, how painful to see such ingratitude. At this point, the travelers found themselves on a bridge over a river. The peasant, reflecting that by now he'd been criticized for every possible choice he made, dismounted the donkey in disgust, lifted his son down and pushed the animal into the water below, and so the two of them returned at home empty-handed. The moral of this, of this story is, of course, that one should not care excessively about other people's opinions. There's a footnote here. I think it'll be a little bit of a joke on the reader. What, dear reader, was your own reaction to the end of this story? Did you join the chorus of critics because of the way the peasant treated his donkey at the last? Perhaps the story was meant to test you. Can we not suppose the donkey swam away happily, delighted with his new freedom? So where the quest is for bliss especially, one must decide for himself what course he will follow and then stick to it unswervingly. Dear reader, I offer this counsel to you personally, that others urge you to follow whatever course they like. Good advice, of course, should always be heeded. Above all, however, be guided by your own desire for freedom and inner bliss. And so, <coughs> remember that on the spiritual path, there is opposition. It's not just a lovely thing of roses and angels uh, in clouds. Not at all. It's hard work. And a part of the hard work is the opposition that people will put up. Because I tell you, they resent your trying to live a better life than they do. If you became a drunk, they would all click their tongues and say, oh, what a pity. But they would not oppose you as they will when you try to rise higher than they are. You cannot seek God. You cannot try to do good in this world without having to face opposition and, unfortunately, yes, persecution. That's the name of the game. You've got to accept that it doesn't really matter what other people think, what other people say. Just go on your own way, like the song we had Last time, go on alone. And remember also, life is just a dream. Don't take it too seriously. It's not easy. And I've seen many people break under it. And I've seen many people who come sincerely onto the path, and then what happens is that they're 
parents or their friends or relatives or other people begin to say, oh, don't, don't go that way. It's evil. It's wrong. It'll hurt you. <coughs> don't be like those foolish people who never know their own minds, and so they listen to everybody's advice. Oh, yeah? Oh, oh, is that so? Is this so? And they never go anywhere because they're always sort of dodging the bullets of all these opinions. Listen. Learn to eat persecution with your cereal. Sprinkle it on your cereal for breakfast. That's what it's all about. I've, I've seen it happen. The more you try, the more the world tries to pull you down. And people themselves, because they don't know any better. If a chorus of voices there, is there telling you how bad you are, they'll say, yes, yes. They don't know what they're talking about. Don't worry about those people. Let the cattle move. It doesn't matter. But if you are strong in yourself, you will see that even, and oh yes, there are times. I remember I went through a great test just not long ago, a few years ago. And yes, I was saying on the one hand that Nobody can take my love for God away from me. And I was satisfied. They were trying to destroy everything I had. They didn't, but they tried. And I later, I, I, I was hurt. And I said, Divine Mother, why did you let me go through that? She didn't answer. You just have to learn to be tough. But I found that it wasn't very long before I began to feel peace and joy. And a joy I'd never had before. And that's the beautiful thing about persecution and about tests and trials, that they make you stronger in yourself. And you may sometimes think, why does God do this to me? He doesn't do it to make you suffer. He doesn't do it because he doesn't like you. He doesn't do it to take you away from the path. He does it to make you strong. Master told us that if a man wants to be a boxer or a wrestler, he doesn't wrestle or wrestle children. He doesn't box children. He fights strong men. That's how he becomes strong. So it isn't as if you need to look for tests. But you'll, they will find you. Whatever karmic burdens you need. And the more you assume, my guru told me you have a great work to do. And he said it to me many times. And I didn't take that as a compliment. I knew that it was a responsibility. And boy, was it ever. Because I have seen that a great work means a great responsibility. A great responsibility means a big weight on your shoulders. And a big weight on your shoulders means that everybody's going to jump onto them to burden you down, to bury you down to the ground. I remember, some friend of mine was just reminding me yesterday, how in the early years of our community, I had to earn the money. I didn't have wealthy founders, wealthy donors. I had to do it myself. I had to go out and give classes, and all the money went toward building, toward buying land, toward helping a place to become solvent. And the people there, I tried to get them to pitch in, and say, I said, this is our place, let's all work together. And they looked at me as if I was being a materialist. They said, God will take care of us, what is your faith in God? And the worst of it was, the most painful part of it was that their faith was justified while they went down and swam in the river by the fact that I was willing to go out there and earn the money so they could swim in that river. 
Well, I told them, I'm not going to do this forever, but I will give you until June to reach the point where you understand what you have here. And if you want it, if you like it, from then on, I will let you pitch in too. We have to do this together. But in the beginning, every time I would try to urge them, they would sort of almost leap down my throat as if what a materialist I was while they were being spiritual, living for God by swimming in the, the river and letting God take care of them. Well, that's not the life for God. The life of a sannyasi and the life of living for God is not a life of ease. It's a life of hardship. It's a life of testing. It's a life, if you're serious, and if you're not, yes, there are people who have easy lives, but they don't get very far. You don't grow if you don't have to, you don't have, like a cat, it, it sharpens its claws on the furniture. You have to sharpen your discrimination on the tests of life. So the persecution, many people think, oh, it's such an easy life, just going off and being irresponsible and wandering by the Ganges and letting God take care of you. It sounds lovely until you do it. And then you see that God takes care that you have the lessons you need. You'll pass villagers who are against you because you love God. You'll pass towns where people turn you out. There's a lovely story from the life of St. Francis. He's walking in this story with a disciple of his, Brother Leo. And St. Francis is saying, do you know the nature of true joy? And Leo says, well, tell me, Father, what is it? He said, here we are in wintertime, walking through the snow, and we're hoping to come to a monastery where our brother monks will receive us with love. He said, if they receive us with love, that isn't true joy. We'll be grateful for it, yes, but that's not what true joy is. When things go right, that's not joy. He says, if they bring us in, give us good beds, give us a good meal, give us warmth by a fire, that isn't joy. He said, do you know what true joy is? And Brother Leo said, well, tell me, Father, what is it? St. Francis said, if we come to that monastery and the Brother Porter, seeing us, said, here are those, here are those rapscallions, let's not accept them in this monastery. And all the monks come out and hurl you into a snowdrift and kick you and curse you and don't give you food to eat and there you are freezing cold. Now, here's what many people think. But St. Francis is saying that's joy. Of course it's not joy. But if you can go through those tests and not lose your joy, then you know you've got joy. Because there's a level of joy which you can attain inside yourself that is not affected by the things of this world. And persecution is not a joy in itself, but it makes you strong in yourself. And the stronger you become in yourself, the more you find that you have that joy no matter what goes on. And people can smile or people can curse you. People can bless you or they can kick you. It is not that important. If you suffer, and of course there's pain when you see hatred and anger and negative emotions like that, but your pain is not for yourself. Your pain is for them that they haven't understood. Your pain is for the disharmony in their hearts that can make them have those emotions of hatred and, and uh, rivalry and pettiness. And so 
the world is so full of these things. But mind you, the difference between a worldly person and a spiritual, truly spiritual person is this. The worldly person suffers when he's mistreated. He suffers for himself. The spiritual person may feel pain, but it isn't for himself. It's out of compassion because he knows he's been through it. He understands when these people treat him wrongly, then they are the ones really who suffer. When you are disharmonious, you create disharmony in yourself more than in anybody else. But what a wonderful thing it is to live in this world, this dungeon of darkness and pain and suffering and cries of agony, and to be able to walk serenely through this world and realize that nothing can touch you. It's all a dream. Don't be affected. If you can have joy inside, yes, you will, be, you will have to go through pain. You will have to go through persecution. It's just, as they say in America, it's the name of the game. It's what the path is like. Don't be afraid of it. But just say, I want to reach that point of strength within myself where no matter what goes wrong, no matter what happens to me, no matter how people treat me, I am happy in myself. It's so wonderful to have that. You know, I've always loved the story of Ram Das. He was in Dokkineshwar at the temple there, the Kalibari. And uh, there were mosquitoes. I mean, those mosquitoes are elephant mosquitoes in that part of the country. And this monk who was with him was swatting them and just saying, oh, won't they let me rest? Ram Das said, listen, it's a wonderful thing. They're keeping us awake so we can meditate. Well, that takes a certain heroism, doesn't it? But you know, when you feel joy in yourself, those attitudes are not something you have to affirm with heroic bravery. You feel them more naturally because you see God in everything, even the mosquitoes. So live in God, live in joy, and you will see life is a dream, but all reality is contained in your own self. Joy to you.